Good morning and welcome to High Point Online. My name is Andy. It's great to be here with you today. I'm the lead pastor of High Point. It's always a pleasure to worship with you wherever you're watching from. Today I want to speak to you about the power of faithfulness. Hebrews 12 in the Bible talks about what faith is, and it's the, it's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Meaning you, you, you have this, this thing imagined in your mind, this conviction in your heart of, of life, this thing that you're thinking about. And when you, when you direct your heart and you direct your life towards this thing, we would call that having faith, right? And to be faithful means to literally be full of faith. I would contend that every single one of us is faithful about something. may not be the right thing, but we're faithful about something. For some of you, uh, you're faithful about job security, right? You're, you're being faithful about seeing the numbers in your bank account trend upward, or at least you hope they will, right? And so you spend your time and energy working towards that. You're faithful that that, that bank account and that job and the skill set that you've developed will give you the peace of mind. You're hoping that that's the case. For some of you, uh, you know, you're faithful about getting married and you're faithful about having children. You're faithful about, about just life with people, right? And, and, and if you're married or if you have children or if this box is ticked, then deep breath, you'll feel satisfied on the inside. And so you're faithful to take steps towards trying to see that come to pass. You have hope. Right? The assurance of things hoped for. In your mind, you're assured that if you have that, you'll experience XYZ. For some of you, it's something completely, you know, different. You've got, gosh, there's a whole host of things that, you know, that you might be faithful about, whether it's money, whether it's about children. For some of you, it's the gym, right? Where you're faithful to get to the gym because in your mind if you look a certain way then finally you'll feel secure you'll like how you look you'll like yourself on the inside now all the things that i just mentioned by that and we could add, we could throw in a whole host of other things are all good things but i would also contend that they're not the greatest thing now as a pastor you probably know where i'm getting ready to go with this right but I want you to think about this and, 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 and examine your life. Literally in this moment, what, where is your faith being used? What are you most faithful about? Because this morning, I want to talk to you about the best place to anchor that faith. And surprise, it's not the American dream. It isn't your gym. It isn't even your family, although all of those things are great. The greatest place, the greatest decision that you will ever make is putting your faith in Jesus. Turn to Mark chapter 10. We're going to get into the text this morning. We're going to get into the scriptures. Turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And if you've got uh, you know, the little header in your Bible, it might say something like blind Bartimaeus. That's where we are today. Uh, in Mark 10. I'm going to read the, the, the story, and we're going to get into it. Uh, they came to Jericho, the Bible says. Uh, 
And Jesus, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and he said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I love this account of Bartimaeus. And it's easy to read it and just think, man, what an amazing story. And we, we look at Jesus as one filled with compassion. Like, what a great God that we serve. And that's true. Or maybe you're watching today and you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet. So you're, you're reading this account with a little bit of distance. You know, you're, you're examining, you're thinking, you're pondering. And that's a good thing. Well, many times we read this, but we don't see ourselves in the story. And anytime you have an account with Jesus, it's there for a reason. Okay? There were scores of people healed in the Bible. In fact, the scriptures tell us that Jesus would go to village to village and he would heal everyone brought to him who was sick. Tons of people we're talking about. And yet Bartimaeus is his name that's written in Mark chapter 10. It's his account, his encounter, his moment. And so whenever you have a situation like this, it's worth asking yourself, why is this here? Why highlight this moment? There were lots of blind people that were healed, and there were lots of people with physical ailments that were made right. What's the significance in this moment? I'm so glad that you asked this morning. See, Bartimaeus, he's blind, and he is poor. And again, we read it and we think of Jesus' nobility, his compassion, and his kindness, but many times we fail to slow down and realize that in this moment, we are meant to see ourselves in this account as a Bartimaeus. See, there is a blindness and a poverty of spirit that all of us have. It's not a physical blindness. It's not that you literally cannot see, but a spiritual blindness and spiritual poverty. For Bartimaeus, uh, if, to be poor and to be blind would have been to, to find yourself with incomparable need. It's one thing to be poor, right? But even in poverty, like you could, you could get by, you could, you could work, you could find a job if you had to. Yes, you'd be poor, but you'd, you'd be able to survive. Uh, most likely you could get through it. It'd be hard, but you could make it. If you were blind but wealthy, that would be tragic as well, but you would at least have the means of caring for yourself and, and getting by and getting through. But to be blind and poor, oh man, what a, this is a combination that's, 
that's just incredibly difficult. And so Bartimaeus would have been issued a cloak. And you'll see it, you see it referenced already. The, the, the government, the city, the municipalities would have issued him a, a, a cloak to designate him legally as a beggar who had legal right to sit on a particular corner at a particular time and beg for money because they knew that his plight was so great. So he, had, he literally had legal uh, status to sit and beg because he was in such despairing conditions. He was blind and he was poor. And when we read of Bartimaeus, We need to see something in this story that many times we don't. And that's that his blindness and his poverty is our blindness and our poverty as well. The same desperate need that Bartimaeus had for Jesus is the same desperate need that you and I have as well. It looks different, but it is the same. Our blindness, unfortunately, doesn't make such a, a, a ready appearance. Our blindness, spiritual blindness, comes across in a form of deception in that we think we're seeing well, but in reality, we're not. And we need a moment where we're confronted with the reality of our condition. See, for, for, for all of us watching today, there is a blindness that creeps into our heart that keeps us from, from seeing the blackness of our sin. That, see, that keeps us from seeing the desperate need that we have for a Savior to make us right on the inside. Oh, there is a, a blindness that takes place that, that keeps us from seeing the beauty of Jesus. From, keeps us from seeing the power of Jesus at work. Or, or all of a sudden we just dismiss what God is doing, we just don't recognize the glory and amazingness of Jesus, the very Son of God, who died for the sins of the world, your sins and my sin, and yet rose again victorious on the third day, defeating death and giving freedom and life to anyone who would what? Put their faith in him. Who would trust him? <clears throat> I went to the optometrist recently. For some of you, if you've been watching, you may not know that I wear contacts. I am in contacts or glasses 24-7 because I can't see very well. Okay, and I went to the doctor and, you know, they do the better, worse, better, worse. Right, and they're checking the, 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 you know, the strength of the prescription to make sure your eyes haven't gotten any worse or maybe miraculously they've gotten better, right? So I'm there and the doctor, you know, he kind of rolls away in his little rolly chair after I'm done. And I've read the lowest, I've read the lowest, you know, the, the bar of letters on the, on the graph, right, that's on the wall. Nailed it, right? I'm crushing it with my contacts in. You know, I've got him all right. And he wheels away and he starts, you know, he's writing his notes in his little flip charty deal. And I hear him just say, well, it's probably just a matter of time. And I'm like, what? A matter of time for what? Like, what are we referring to here? And he's like, well, you know, you're, you're at that age 
where, you know, at some point you're probably going to need reading glasses. It's going to be hard for you. You're going to wake up one day. You won't even know that it's gradually happened, but you're going to wake up at some point between 40 and 60, and you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have a book in front of you, and you won't be able to read it. And so you're going to have to, you know, you're pulling, the, you know, the book away from yourself so that you can read what's on it. And I'm like, hey, maybe you could have led with that rather than just it's only a matter of time, right? A little bit doom and gloom, doctor, but thank you. I rebuke you right now. I don't receive this, you and your doctory ways. Get out of here. <laughs> That's how I felt. The reality is this. There is a, there is a creeping in that happens, and, and I want you to hear this. If you're if you want to use your faith and you're the kind of person who's like, you know what, I'm going to have amazing vision from now until I die. You know what? Believe God for that. That would be amazing. And you might be one of the, the exceptions, right? But for most people, the general human, at some point, their vision drifts. They lose focus. They're unable to focus well. And they need a pair of glasses to help them do something like reading. And so when we talk of, of blind Bartimaeus and we try to examine and, and kind of take a look at how this applies to ourselves, there are two things at work. For those of you who have never put your faith in Jesus, we are reminded today of the spiritual condition of, of who we are on the inside. That we have a blackness of, of sin, a darkness that we cannot escape and we desperately need a Savior. But then there's this other condition that takes place that even after you've put your faith in Jesus, many times there is a natural drift that takes place and creeps slowly into your heart and you lose focus. You lose sight of the one who is truly worth all your faith, the one who we call Savior. There's a reason why much of the New Testament, especially at the end, in Revelation, you know, the writer John writes to all these churches and he says, you've abandoned your first love. Well, how does that happen? Because you've lost sight of the one who deserves all of our heart and all of our worship. It's incredibly easy to do. So what is it that Bartimaeus did? What do we learn from this man? How do, we, how do we read this story and, yes, see ourselves in it, but begin to follow in his footsteps? Because Jesus has a miraculous encounter with Bartimaeus that changes his life forever. What do we do with that? How do we follow in his footsteps? We see Jesus Literally having a miraculous encounter with Bartimaeus. It changes his life forever. And this is what I want for myself. It's what I want for you. I want you to have the kind of encounter with Jesus that's life-changing. That allows you to see. We, we sing songs like Amazing Grace. You know, it's, a, it's the, one of those hymns that even if you don't go to church, maybe if you're new to faith, many people have heard in some way, some fashion, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. There's the awareness of our condition before God. 
I once was blind, but now I see. But now I see. That now I see. See, for Bartimaeus, I find this story interesting because Bartimaeus, how, would, how did he know about Jesus? Like, do you think about this as you read it? I mean, he's poor, right? So a poor person wouldn't have been traveling. They wouldn't have gone from city to city and, and heard stories from, you know, di- different villages and, or somehow been around it. No, no. If Bartimaeus was going to survive, he's at the same street corner every single day. It's not that he somehow saw Jesus at work, you know, and many of us, you know, we kind of have that disposition where we say things like, man, if I had just, if I could just, if I just saw this, well, then I'd, I'd believe. And I don't know that that's entirely true. I mean, there's a measure of that that can be true. Don't get me wrong. But, but there's this idea that somehow you'd have amazing faith. And I don't know that that's quite true. Because Bartimaeus has faith, and yet he hasn't seen anything. And so you have to ask yourself, how does he know who Jesus is? Why does he respond in such bold fashion? And how do we have the faith that Bartimaeus has? And while the scriptures don't explicitly tell us how Bartimaeus knew any of this, I believe that that Bartimaeus probably heard accounts of Jesus. He probably, as people were, were trying to bless him, and maybe they're putting money in a cup, and, and maybe they're handing it to him. At some point, maybe someone told him about what they had seen in another village. Maybe they told him about the new prophet that had entered Galilee and, and was ministering in Israel and, and, and was performing miracles. Prophet with untold power, untold strength, and untold compassion. You can only imagine someone who'd been sitting on the, on the side of the road probably for years upon years. And he's hearing stories, accounts from other people, maybe even whispers in the crowd as they're walking by of this man named Jesus and what he had done. And something begins to light a fresh inside of him. And he probably, you know, did he have those moments where he says, you know, tell me again. Wait, what, what? What happened? Tell me one more time. Man, let me hear this one more time. I want to get the facts right. I want to know. I want to know as much as I can. Tell me, tell me what you saw. And he's hearing about Jesus. And maybe he has just enough scripture in him and maybe just enough, you know, maybe just enough Old Testament in him that he's familiar with the book of Isaiah that that talks about what? About a Messiah coming to do what? To turn blind eyes so that they might see. And somehow deep down in Bartimaeus' heart, he found the courage to believe. And when Jesus came to town, his faith came alive. So much so that he begins to shout, Jesus, wherever you're at. I mean, he he knew Jesus was somewhere in the vicinity. 
He heard about it. He knew about it. Somehow he's got the info and he is raising his voice, yelling for Jesus, son of David, to have mercy upon him. Understand, this is not just, hey, he's not just calling for Jesus. He's recognizing the lineage of Christ here. There's something in Bartimaeus that recognizes the Messiahship of Jesus. We don't know how he got this, but somewhere faith has come alive and he is recognizing Christ and he will not stop asking and he's shouting and there are people telling him to hush up. Be quiet. In fact, the Bible says that they were literally rebuking him. Can you imagine? The great healer, the great physician is walking through town. And the one who needs healing is being told to be quiet. But he doesn't stop. In fact, he raises his voice even more. Son of David, have mercy. I'm in an impossible situation here. I cannot fix this myself. And in the same way, when we look and we, we see ourselves in the story, we have to see the impossible situations that we find ourselves. Peace will not come. Just because you have a family situation that's finally worked out on your behalf. It won't come because your bank account finally looks right. It won't come because your physique is finally perfect in the mirror. It, will, it won't be there. There is a hole that still needs to be filled in your heart and only Jesus can do it. If you've never put your faith in Jesus ever at any point, then, then there, there, there's something inside of you even watching today. Where you recognize there's something not right. I need something beyond my strength and beyond my ability to make me right with God. And only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do it. Recognizing your need isn't the same is asking God to meet your need. And this morning, as we talk about blind Bartimaeus, and we talk about how, like, what are we supposed to do with this story? Well, Bartimaeus, he does something inside of me where I'm really great at recognizing the issue, but not actually going to Jesus with it. Meaning, like, I... I I've got the facts, I've got the information, I know what the problem is. And, I, and sometimes I can even be deceived into thinking that because I've talked about it and because I've thought about it, that somehow I've actually prayed about it or that somehow I've actually talked to Jesus about it. And the truth is I haven't. I've just kind of circulated you know, my thoughts and I'm, I'm blowing wind around with other people, but I haven't actually pursued Jesus with it. Imagine Bartimaeus talking about the condition of his, of his blindness and talking about it with strangers and people as they're dropping alms in his, in, in his cup. And, and he just continues to talk about it and he continues to think about it. At some point, the thinking and the talking have to turn to action and there is a calling out to Jesus that must take place. 
And there are always voices telling you that you don't need that to be quiet, to be silent. And there is a calling out, a crying out from the inside that must come for Jesus to move in your life. This is what it means to be faithful, to trust, even when you don't see how it's going to work out. Even when you don't know what God is going to do in this particular situation and in this particular moment, you cry out and you ask him and you seek him and you pursue him and you don't let anything stop you. What do you need today? What do you need Jesus to do? Does your faith need to reorient from all these other things and be placed solely at the feet of Jesus again? Are you realizing that there's a, there's a hole in your heart that can only be filled by relationship with Jesus this morning? What do you do about it? The same thing Bartimaeus did. We cry out to Jesus. We seek him. We pursue him. Jesus is always faithful. And even though I mentioned the cloak at the beginning of the message, we see the evidence of Bartimaeus' faith by the manner in which he gets up from the ground. Because Jesus says, hey, go bring him here, call him. The faithful one that you can have faith in is inviting you into relationship with him. And Bartimaeus abandons the greatest possession that he has. He throws his cloak aside. He lets go of it. The very thing that would have been his security, the very thing that would have allowed him, would have allowed him to survive as a beggar and as a blind person. He, he abandons it and gets to the, to the feet, to the person of Jesus. And Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? And Bartimaeus says, Rabbi, I want to see. You see, even in his, in his movement towards Christ, the very nature of him letting go of this old identity, it reveals to us a faith that he believes already that Jesus is going to move. He believes already that Jesus is going to heal. He believes that Jesus is going to meet him here. He abandons his cloak and he will not be silenced despite the, the people around Jesus telling him to be quiet cries out, he jumps up, and he leaves the old behind. And he meets with Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He heals his blindness. What can Jesus do for you? Well, he can heal your spiritual blindness this morning as well. He can heal the condition of your heart. In your soul. He can make you right relationship with God. And he can also meet you in whatever need and capacity you have in your life right now. That's the Jesus that we serve. He is the faithful one. And because he is faithful, you and I can have faith 
and literally point it to him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your son, Jesus. He is faithful. And this morning, we, we, we turn our eyes to him. We fix our gaze upon Jesus. We put our faith in him, the greatest decision we can ever make. We thank you that Jesus is powerful. We thank you that Jesus is strong. We thank you that Jesus meets all of our needs. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the son of the living God. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for you rising from the grave three days later. And the grave is still empty. And because you are still moving, Father, I thank you that you can move in our lives still. If you're watching today and you know you need to put your faith in Jesus, then this is your moment. I want to invite you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I have so many needs, but my greatest need today is to be forgiven of my sin. Forgive me, Lord. You're the only one who can make me new. You're the only one who can change me. You're the only one who can save me. I put my faith in you today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me on the cross and meeting me in my greatest need. Change me, Lord. Amen. Some of you this morning have eyes that have lost focus. You just have drifted. And this is a moment for you as well today. For God to open your eyes afresh, invite you into a new and beautiful relationship with him. Let's pray together as well. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for trying to solve my problems and my own strength. I put my faith in you again today. God, will you help me? Whatever your situation is, just give it to him in this moment. Help me in my job. Help me with my family. Help me with my children, my my marriage, help my financial situation. Jesus, you are the source of my strength. You get all the glory. Lord, I need you. I give this to you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. There's much to take from this account in Mark chapter 10. We only scratched the surface today. But here's what I want to invite you to do as we close. Take heart. Have faith today. Be like blind Bartimaeus who's healed. Get up, throw aside that cloak, and run with everything you've got towards relationship with Jesus. If there's any way that we can help and help you take those next steps, you can drop a comment in the comment feed right now, or you can message us online. Love you. Have a great week.